Hi, it's John Terry, the Black Belt Leader, and I want to welcome you to Master Your Life. This podcast is an opportunity for me to have conversations with individuals, not only here in the United States, but around the world that have truly become Black Belt Masters at their chosen craft or profession. My guest today is going to be a good friend that I met at a Strategic Alliance Summit back in 2021, Chaba Borzai. And I hope I got that last name correct, Chaba. But uh, Chaba is an incredible young man that I've had an opportunity to meet and has a very unique gift uh, in terms of the words that he uses to speak an incredible language that moves people to action. So Chaba, we want to talk today about your story, but before I introduce them to what you do, can you give us a little bit of your background? Because those of an American audience, which a lot of our listeners are, the name Chaba probably is going to sound a little different and unique. So can you give us your background story, where you're from, and maybe a little bit of, of information that our audience might find of interest about you as a person first? Of course, John. Thank you so much. And it's great to be here. Thank you so much for inviting me. Uh, so this is actually a Hungarian name. So I live in Budapest, Hungary, which is uh, in the Middle Eastern part of Europe. Uh, and I'm actually a former psychology researcher turned direct response marketing consultant and sales copywriter. Um, this is what I do professionally, but you said to also include things uh, apart from the professional life. One cool fun fact about me is that I actually come from Transylvania. And a lot of people might know Transylvania from uh, Dracula and the vampires, but um, it's a part of Romania where a lot of Hungarians also live. And hence, I was born there. I grew up there. And then I moved to Budapest, which is the capital of Hungary itself. So background, what do you do for fun, Chaba? Yeah. Uh, I dance salsa, actually. My wife, uh, she's, she's a professional dancer. Uh, she, she's been at it for 10 plus years. Uh, and I also started doing it like three and a half years ago. So that's one of my uh, hobbies that I do for fun. But the thing that I, I enjoy doing the most and that gives me the most, you know, flow state is actually just uh, reading a lot. I know I'm boring, but uh, I still like to read, to research stuff, to try to understand complex problems from different various angles. Well, I can tell you that reading is something that will relate to the listeners of the Master Your Life podcast, because one of the areas that I spend a lot of time talking about is the opportunity to bookend your day, where you spend the first part of your day reading and learning from other successful people, having an opportunity to gain their insight, their wisdom, and see what they've learned from success and failure and how it's allowed them to continue to move forward and grow. So anybody that's an avid reader, I don't think is boring. I think they are a very <laughs> smart and wise individual who's looking to continue to grow themselves as a black belt leader. So I want to applaud you for doing that. Uh, now, I want to get into what you do. Uh, and you've kind of given, the, given a, an indication of that to the audience when you mentioned that you are a copywriter. Now, many of the folks that listen to our podcast don't come from the direct response world. So can you take just a minute and explain what direct response marketing is? and explain what copywriting is and how the two are connected. Of course. So uh, most of the time when people talk, uh, think about marketing, they think about slogans or big logos uh, or uh, having a banner ads somewhere or something like that. But the type of marketing that I do, that's also a type of marketing, but it's called brand, like branding oriented marketing. And that's what a lot of big agencies do. It's what a lot of big brands pay these agencies 
to to stay at top of mind, right? It's these are awareness campaigns. It's there for people to remind them that hey, you should drink Coke. Uh, direct response marketing, on the other hand, uh, is all about measuring what you do at each step. So to give you an example, Facebook ads is direct response marketing because you put out a sales message and you can test and measure almost immediately, at least within a few days. And then based on the outcome, based on the results uh, or how well that campaign did, you can iterate on it. You can change the messaging. You can diagnose where the problem is. And very quickly, you can create something like of an... Uh, uh, forced evolution, let's say, of your idea or ideas and see which gene propagates the most. Uh, and I think this is very exciting because it gives you immediate feedback and it's way more effective, especially for smaller businesses who don't have hundreds of millions of dollars to just drop on, on national ad campaigns or TV campaigns or even a Super Bowl commercial. That's not direct response marketing because you cannot measure how many exact buyers came from that specific screening. Yeah, you know, I, I think about direct response marketing compared to uh, branding advertising, as yeah. I like to refer to it. Uh, not everybody's Nike or Coke, and they don't have those big budgets. But it's important. Uh, you know, I think, too, and I had a conversation last night with several martial arts school owners, and they don't realize they're using direct response marketing when they are sending information out, whether it's a postcard, whether it's an email, whether it's an ad on Facebook or LinkedIn, or they're doing a retargeting ad with Google, whatever it may be, those are opportunities to use a direct response message to connect with an audience that is a candidate for what they offer, whether it's a product or a service. Now, the copy is important, and the copy are the words. Why are the words important, Chaba? And why is it so essential? And I want to start with the subject line. Why is the verbiage and the copy that we use on the subject line so important when we're getting a message out, whether it's an ad or it's an email or any other type of campaign, why is that initial message so important? Uh, yeah, well, uh, you know, we live in a world that's super busy. People get exposed to thousands of marketing messages a day. And the first thing you have to do in any situation is to get attention. And whether that's a subject line for an email, that's a headline for like a sales letter, or that's just the little soundbite, uh, as some people call it in a Facebook ad, um, the same thing applies. First, you have to stand out of the crowd, but you cannot just use clickbait, of course, because then people are going to notice it very, very quickly. And they're going to be like, oh, yeah, sure. Like he hooked my attention for two seconds, but like I don't care about his message at all. So what comes next is, um, is, is, is why copywriting is so incredibly powerful. Sure. So once we get somebody's attention with a, with a, with a hook, uh, that subject line gets them to lean in and say, you got my attention. I now want to go look a little further at this particular offer. That's where you come into play and the copy that you bring to the table. Can you talk about the value of good copy in moving a client through the decision-making process to say yes to an offer? Yeah, of course. Uh, well, the headline is also part of uh, copy. So I don't want to uh, like play that down, but it's relatively easy to come up with a headline that, that grabs attention. 
what you must do after it is to follow it up with an interesting emotional hook. Uh, so you, you basically have to hook people in uh, so that they don't just pay attention for two seconds, but you buy another 10 seconds or 15 seconds or 20 seconds. You don't have much time at all because people are still jaded. You know, they are exposed to so many messages. Everybody tries to sell them something. So you really have to highlight in those first let's say 30 seconds. And you see this, by the way, on YouTube videos or, or on any place, video platforms, you see the, the sudden drop after 30 seconds. That's how long sometimes people uh, are willing to invest to see whether this thing that they started watching is good or not. There's a huge drop off, like 50%, 60% of people sometimes drop off after 30 seconds. And the way to prevent that uh, and you can use it in any type of ad you want or any type of message is to, uh, is to tease actually that whatever you want to show them, it can be a product or a message or a freebie or anything is different compared to anything they've seen before. And it's also superior compared to anything they've seen before, because they've seen a lot of things, a lot of claims, a lot of promises. Uh, and if you were to just go, if again, like, Speaking about Facebook ads, if you just were to give them a webinar that says, uh, learn how to write high converting Facebook ads, well, people wouldn't really care about that anymore because they've seen this so many times. So the art and science of the whole thing is how can you give them a message that's different enough for them to actually care, but that's also implies that it's superior while still not giving away the message. You want to hook them in so that they spend more time in your world reading your ad, because the more time they spend doing this, the more likely they are to, uh, to uh, you know, get into your world. And the way you shift, that's the way that you can shift their beliefs. You know, Jabba, I, I like what you said about opening with an emotional hook, because far too often I see uh, and I want to go back to the individuals I was I was having conversation with last night at the martial arts industry because I know that well. But I also see it in the financial services industry, which I also do coaching in. And in those two areas in particular, when they put a message out, the initial first part of the message is typically about them in some way. And, and they take the attention off of their prospect and saying, this is something I can bring to you of value or here's something that stirs your emotions. And they begin to speak to themselves almost in third person. And it becomes a very impersonal message. So I'd like to just stay on this topic for just a minute longer. Why is it getting that emotional hook on the front end and pulling that client into the conversation deeper with you? Why is that so valuable? And is there a tip or two you can share for individuals that are looking to promote a product or promote a service that would allow them to see the value in, in this time that we're spending on this emotional hook on the front end? Of course. So uh, the simple answer to this, uh, we could go into more details, but I don't want to spend hours talking about this. But the simple answer is that we are emotional beings. We make decisions based on emotions, and then we justify based on logic. But first, you have to kind of... Um, get people interested emotionally in whatever you have to say. It's what great uh, speech writers do. 
It's what great salesmen do. It's what great dictators do. They never try to appeal to, um, to the rational mind first. They always try to either talk about a common enemy, which you know, uh, simulates anger and fear, or they try to uh, sell you on a new dream, which kind of uh, simulates your, uh, your greed uh, reflex, let's say. Um, so there are a few key emotions that you can that you can try to target, but the idea is that you have to choose one or two at least, uh, and and go with that first. Because otherwise, if you don't have that visceral reaction, um, people are just not going to care. You have to you have to hit a certain threshold before they start caring, and that's why the best copywriters of all time they're so incredibly good at um, coming up with emotional stories. That's why series and movies are so good at beginning in the middle of the action with heart-wrenching, punch-in-the-gut-style stories in many cases. That's what immediately gets your attention. It's how we are hardwired. Yeah, I mean, we're hardwired for stories. Uh, yes. I spent this weekend binge-watching uh, the Star Wars uh, mm. series for you know the umpteenth time. But watching that story... You know, you lean and you go from episode to episode because of all these emotional weavings of these stories. And, and it's amazing the way it stirs the emotions within. But many people don't think about that in their advertising and in their marketing is the fact that we are emotional creatures. And this is a, a centuries, actually, you know, hundreds of thousands of years of, of you know, us being a, a, ser a series of people on the earth. Uh, we do make emotional decisions. We're stirred by our emotions. Our emotions move us to take action. And if we don't move the emotion, we get no action. And if we Indeed. get no action, they don't buy our product or our service. And as a result of that, we stand there scratching our head, wondering why our advertising is not working, rather than maybe having an opportunity to look at the copy and say, is there something in the words, the words that I use, the verbiage, that is not resonating with the audience. Uh, now, questions are a great, great way to engage mm -hmm. an audience. Can you spend a minute talking about the power of a question? Questions, of course. So there's this method called the, the Socratic questioning or the Socratic method, which basically uh, still to this day, a lot of great salespeople and a lot of great, great copywriters use to uh, get deeper to the core of, of what are the pains, fears, hopes, and dreams of, of a given uh, customer avatar. So let's say someone wants to buy a sports car. Well, then why do they wanna buy it? Well, they, they, they can say that, oh, it's because it's great value and it's like, I'm getting such a deal or something, but let's be real here. Like they're buying it because they, they wanna uh, show off in front of others or something or to impress the ladies. Uh, and they might say that they, um, they, they buy it because it has a 500 horsepower engine, which is which takes them from zero to 60 to, let's say, uh, four seconds or something. But these are all the surface level things. These are all the features, let's say, of the whole thing. And if you start asking questions, deeper and deeper questions, okay, but why is that important for you? 
Well, it's because, you know, it's gonna, I'm, I, I can be faster on the road. Yeah, but why is that important for you? Well, because I can feel more confident then. But the, why is that important for you? And you can ask these questions and eventually you're gonna get to a deep level, which basically says, because I wanna feel better about myself. And people ultimately, they're always buying transformation. They're not buying a product. They're not buying a pen, a phone, a car, a house or something. They're buying transformation. And the only way to uh, get them to realize that your solution is the transformation they need uh, is to first ask questions, especially in the sales context. Uh, but if you cannot be in a one-on-one -on -one sales context, you kind of have to improvise. And again, that's where copywriting comes in because you kind of you can, uh, you can simulate a one-on-one -on -one conversation in it. And that's what good copy is. It's what some people call it salesmanship in print. Uh, because you're trying to preemptively ask all those questions to answer all those objections preemptively and to take them on this journey, uh, which often involves a hero's journey story like Star Wars, like you mentioned. Yeah. You know, I, when I was talking to this group of martial arts instructors last night, I was talking about the fact that a few of them were discussing that their advertising wasn't working. And I began to talk to them about their advertising and say, tell me what you're doing. And they weren't taking the individuals they were reaching out to on a journey. They weren't giving them an opportunity to see the reason why and the outcome they could experience. It was all about, well, come take my classes and you're going to learn to do X and Y and Z. You know, you can punch, you can kick, you can go to competitions, and do all this other stuff. Great, but it's surface level stuff. Yeah. And I asked them a very similar question. I said, what about the transformation? I said, at the end of the day, if somebody comes to take your classes at your martial arts school, what's it going to do for them? And they got real quiet and they had never given that thought. And thinking into that in copy is so important. And taking somebody from where they are now into a future tense version of themselves, when they can see themselves as thinner, as more athletic, as I get to be the next Bruce Lee or yeah. whatever they envision as their avatar that they want to achieve down the road. That's the power of copy, correct? Yes, exactly. Well put. And so from that, I think there's extreme value there. Now, you've taken some time, Chaba, to research at least one or two of some of the greatest copywriters that have ever lived. Can you take just a minute and share with our audience the journey that you took yourself on and an incredible project that you undertook to study some of the greatest legends in the copywriting world? Sure, I'd be happy to. Um, well, you know, my copywriting journey started about four and a half years ago when I started uh, freelance copywriting. Uh, I had a background in psychology and business, uh, but they never really taught this in school. Uh, and as I got deeper and deeper into it, I got, I, I started uh, doing more courses, joining more programs, reading more books, doing more projects. I work with uh, dozens and dozens and dozens of clients in all sorts of industries. Um, and I got really, but like pretty good, but something was missing. And eventually I, I started opening up more and more to the idea of, of, of going back in time and trying to figure out what the old masters did actually who invented the whole game because all the new gurus all the new courses and trainings they basically just rehash the same information that uh someone like uh like claude hopkins came up with like 100 years ago who basically invented scientific advertising so i went back 
And there's this uh, technique in, in copywriting circles called hand copying sales letters that I also wanted to try. I heard great things about it. And uh, I actually started hand copying old newspaper ads and old space ads. Again, some of these were a hundred years old. And the interesting thing uh, was that at like at its core, it was it was very they there was very similar messages compared to what we see today, uh, but better because nowadays again it's just diluted. Once you have the internet, once you can test so easily and so quickly and so cheaply, uh, the message often gets diluted. But back in those days when they had to pay uh, like a pretty penny to actually test something via direct mail or in a newspaper or something, uh, they really had to make every single word count. Mm-hmm. And I got hooked on this and I actually created a challenge for myself uh, that I call a hundred day proven sales letter breakdown challenge. So for a hundred days, every single day uh, I showed up, I, I chose an ad. Some of these were 50 pages long at some point, by the way. And I marked those ads up. Uh, I analyzed them and I just turned on the video camera and started uh, just teaching back the same concept because I figured that the best way to actually internalize all those things and to really understand everything at a deeper level is not just to passively read it or passively hand copy it, but to actually uh, like rehash the whole thing back. And it just improved my skills so much and it put me on the map in, in the copywriting world and it was just a life-changing experience. Um, and I did discover so many amazing insights and some would say even secrets uh, along the way. You know, it's interesting. I've, I've got a team of folks that work with me in one of my companies that uh, we do sales marketing and training. And I recently gave them a copy of, of scientific advertising. And it's a small read. You know, it, it's, not a, it's not a big book. It's an old book. It's over 100 years old. And I gave it to the marketing team. And I said, I want you to read this book. And I want you to come back to me. I gave it to them on a Monday. And I gave them to Friday to read it. And I said, I want you to give me your insights into what you learned in reading this book. And every single one of them independently came back and says, oh, my goodness. They mm-hmm. says, we're doing the same things he was teaching over 100 years ago. We're just not doing it as well as he put it. Exactly. And it's close, amazing close to, to go back and read that book and to read some of these individuals that have been around for so, so long that really created the, the lineage and the history uh, that we now stand on and continue to perpetuate into future generations. It was amazing to see the transformation in them. And they're now hungry to go back and to review a lot of the old uh, pioneers in the direct response marketing world that have had an opportunity mm-hmm. to influence our lives. They didn't even know existed. You know, David Ogilvy and, and other yeah. names that you and I know from living in this world that they've never heard of they're now being exposed to. And they're realizing just like in the martial arts, if you, if all you ever trained in was Okinawan martial arts, you didn't know there's Chinese martial arts, there's Korean Mm -hmm. martial arts, there's South American martial arts, and there's a variety of styles that are out there. You know, you're from Hungary. And if you never leave Hungary, you don't know that there's other people in other parts of the world that do things somewhat the same, but slightly different. It's that exposure to other people that gives us the depth and breadth that allows us to grow and see some amazing things. So Chava, as, as we kind of move this towards a close, I want to ask you, as we're thinking into our audience, we've got a diverse audience, but every one of those individuals, the vast majority of them have something that they want to take to the marketplace, be it a product that they offer, a service that they sell, or something they're providing that is of value. 
If you were to give them one or two tips of something that you would encourage them to go back and take a look at in their marketing that they're doing right now, what would those one or two things be? Well, I would say, I mean, some of the biggest things I see all the time when working with clients and with people, one of the biggest one is that um, people don't talk to their audience like normal people. They get into this weird writing mode and they just start speaking in marketees. Uh, and I would say the number one thing, just just try to um, try to come up with copy or refine your copy just like you were as if you were talking to someone at a bar, like a normal person, right? On a Friday evening, uh, you don't have to overcomplicate it. Just simplify your message, make it more direct. Don't try to be funny or try, don't try to impress people with, with the big fancy words, because even if your audience is, is made, made up of PhDs, uh, they still don't want to invest the effort into deciphering and understanding those things. And you're going to lose them. You're going to lose a lot of them. So that's, one of the biggest things. And, and the other one would be to, uh, to speak more about your audience. Just like you said, uh, John, so many people, especially the corporate types, they end up talking about th themselves, about the company, about the company culture. We believe in this and our mission is that. And there's a place and time for that. But in most cases, uh, shifting the whole conversation towards uh, the pains, fears, hopes, and dreams of, of their ideal customer avatar or their target audience, that's way, way, way better because you, you have to connect with them in, in some way, shape, or form. And you can do it by uh, appealing to their pain points, or you can, if you necessarily want to talk about yourself, then share a vulnerable story because then uh, if the story is relevant to them, you're still talking about yourself or your company uh, or your reason why, let's say, but uh, but they will still extract the essential information from it, and they will feel like, oh, he he's talking to me, or she's talking to me, and that's a total like mindset shift. It is, you know, being conversational, which is really what you're talking about in that yes. first area there, having conversation like you and I are having right now. Uh, that is lost in so much advertising that I see out there, and I read it and I think, who would ever buy from this? because there's nothing in there that attracts me to want to go deeper. But one thing you've said over and over, and I've picked up on it, is pains, fears, hopes, and dreams. We're really back to the basis of who we are. Yes. And the whole, the whole thing around copy that you do, and you do so brilliantly, is you help people put into words how their product or their service helps solve a problem, alleviate a pain, achieve a goal or objective or make a dream come true. Is that not the purpose of copy? It is. It is. Absolutely. I mean, in a sense, the, the purpose of copy is to get people to take action. And these are kind of like the steps that need to happen before people take action. Sure. So one last thing, because you mentioned action and I was going to go there and I'm glad you did. One of the other things I see missing is they may tell a great story. And they may have a phenomenal story that moves the emotions and gives you all of the reasons why, but they forget one important element at the end, and that's a call to action. Oh, that's just, it's such a big mistake. It is. So can you touch on very quickly, and if you need to expand on a little, that's fine. 
why a very specific call to action to do one thing is mission critical to getting them to engage with you. Oh yeah, sure. It's great that you br- uh, brought that up because I I, I, just, I just forgot about this because it's so basic to me. It's it's sure. like it's the, the one thing that you always have to do. But it's well, not to uh, the audience. Yes, it's so, it's yeah. not. Yes, yes. Right. Um, so I think most people assume that if I have a great product, it will sell itself, or if I have a great message or something, it will sell itself. But uh, you need to tell, and there are tons and tons of studies on this. You need to tell people what to do explicitly, because otherwise, uh, if you leave them hanging, if you leave them guessing what to do next, uh, they their minds will start coming up with objections on why they don't have to do this. Uh, they will start uh, having second thoughts. Their rational minds will start to uh, come up with all sorts of these little weird questions. So it's absolutely mission critical that to give them a direct call to action, it doesn't have to be aggressive, but it has to refer to one key thing. Like if you're writing an email, let's say to your audience, it's very important to, in most cases, have a single call to action. Don't try to give them uh, five different things to do because then it's it's decision paralysis. They don't know what to do first. But if you have a sales message or any type of message, just, just let them know, hey, these are the next steps. This is what you need to do right now. And if you want to go one step further, you can even uh, set expectations, like what will happen after you click that button? What happens after you buy? You will get taken to a secure checkout form where you know you can just uh, uh, input all your data and uh, you're going to get instant access to the course right away. And then you're going to get a welcome email. So the more uncertainty there is in any transaction or any situation, the more people will find a way out of it. Sure. Because this is how we are hardwired. So yeah. the, the the more you can... Um, uh, make this uh, uncertainty go away. Uh, and this also uh, needs, you know, uh, a specific type of, 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 uh, of ask, like, hey, do this now. Uh, the more sales you'll see, the more action you'll see. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. Uh, before I even knew what call to action was, uh, as a young kid in the martial arts, I remember putting together some advertising for our instructor. And we would invite students in for a free lesson. And when I said, you know, we want to offer a free lesson, he's like, well, why do we want to do that? And I says, we want to get them in the door to give them a taste of of what they're going to learn, give them some very quick wins when they walk in the door for a Mm -hmm. one hour class. And then at the end of that, they're going to have a one time offer. Again, I didn't Mm -hmm. know what a one time offer was that if they sign up today, there's going to be a discount of the signup fee. They're going to get a free uniform. And, and we built those things in. Now, I was 13 years old when I was working on this. And at that point in time, didn't know what that was. Later learned that these are some of the things that we use. So while we talk about online courses or we talk about clicking a button, those very same principles also work in the delivery of a physical product or service as well. Correct? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. The same things apply. The fundamentals are the same everywhere. Excellent. So Chaba, as we get ready to wrap this up, I want to say thank you for taking some time to uh, be with me. I've enjoyed, this is now second podcast we've done. We did one for uh, another group that I work with and and, uh, have enjoyed sharing that and continuing to push that out to that audience. So I know our audience in this particular group is going to enjoy that as well. 
Is there anything that you want to leave our listeners with today? Anything that you want to share with them in terms of a gift or an offer or something that you want to put in front of them that we can share? Sure. Uh, So if you found this helpful and you feel like copywriting can help you too as well, I actually put together a cool little uh, cheat sheet uh, that basically combines the essential, the most important secrets and lessons I've learned uh, from breaking down these 100 improvement sales letter breakdowns. Uh, And uh, if you take that checklist, there's a formula there as well. Notice what I'm doing. I'm future pacing and I'm basically setting expectations. Um, so there's a formula there, uh, that you can use to write your own message, uh, Facebook ad, YouTube ad, sales letter, long form sales page, video, whatever you want, uh, that you can customize very easily. Uh, and it's going to work, uh, very, very well because it includes all the things that we talked about plus a whole lot more. And you're also going to get a, uh, a cool little, um, uh, checklist to diagnose problems with your copy. So we talked about questions here, John. Uh, I actually included like 17 uh, questions that I also personally use uh, every single time I have to uh, analyze or audit uh, sales copy. uh, And I think uh, most people will find this super helpful. And if you get this, you're also going to get my uh, my newsletter, which uh, basically drips out those 100 videos. It does. So this is everything is free. Most of these videos are between 30 to one hours long. And if you, if you even, even if you just watch a handful of them, you're still getting a master's degree in copywriting. So that's right. Um, if you're interested in this, I think it's, uh, you'll find it super helpful. Excellent. And can you provide us a link for that? And we'll also of provide course. that with the show notes and all that as of, well. Can you go ahead and just course. share that with the audience? Yep. Yes. You, you just go to gameofconversions.com. So just like Game of Thrones, but gameofconversions.com forward slash copywriting hyphen secrets. So gameofconversions.com forward slash copywriting hyphen secrets, but we're going to have the link anyway. Excellent. And anybody that's interested in getting into in touch with you, have a conversation with you about how you might be able to help them. They can reach you at gameofconversions.com as well. Exactly. That's my main website. So you'll find a a button there to, uh, to set up a call with me if you want, or just start a conversation or just send me an email at the, Chaba, that's C-S-A-B-A at gameofconversions.com. Perfect. Well, I want to thank you, Chaba, for taking some time to visit with our audience today. I know from having looked at the work that you do, you are truly a black belt master at what you do. You have learned the value of words. You've learned the power of words and how to use words to move people to take action. Uh, More people need an individual like you on their team to help them improve the quality of their message and the results that follow. So I hope that several of our listeners that have need for that will reach out to you and see if there's an opportunity to engage your services so they can have a greater influence, a greater impact, and have an opportunity to change more people with the product or service that they bring. So Chaba, with that, I'm going to see if there's anything that you want to share as we wrap up. It was awesome. It was an amazing conversation, John. Thank you so much. And, uh, Uh, Hope to come back soon eventually. Who knows? Very good. Absolutely. Well, I'm John Terry, the Black Belt Leader, and I want to say thank you for joining me for this Master Your Life podcast. I hope you have a great day. And remember, don't just be a leader, be a Black Belt Leader. Live your life with Black Belt excellence and go master your life.